the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. NASDAQ at S-A-L-M. And your personal goals. Welcome in. Good morning. Happy February 5th, 2013 to you. The day after the day after the Super Bowl. If I were to do that for 363 more days, oh, what a party we'd have. Ah, speaking of parties, how are you doing today? A lot of Americans called in sick yesterday to work, taking the day off. Getting back to Wall Street, looking at your stocks, whoa! Up 100 plus on Friday, down 100 plus on Monday. And today the Dow's up 123, the Nasdaq's up 17, the SP 500 up 13. Oh my. Um, the top story, and for some reason I can't really get into this one Standard and Poor's is being sued by the U.S. government. Yes, I get that it's a story. But to me, it just, I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. So the markets rallied 1% on Friday following the January employment report. Then it gave it back yesterday. Now it's up today. Europe's licking yesterday's wounds, moving higher today. Basically on a better-than-expected services PMI reading. Lack of follow-through selling in Europe has kept things in order for the most part of the United States. Quick turnaround is apt to stir thoughts that yesterday's broad-based retreat was a little more than some overdue profit-taking that was catalyzed by some convenient excuses emanating from Europe. I think we're in for a little bit more volatility heading into... Congress versus the President. What sort of resolutions we get in the next 30, 60 days. So it's nice to see a little bit of volatility. January was a little ho-hum, but it was a good month. Good month of some ho-hum and ho-hum. So Yum Brands. Disappointing earnings guidance. Ultimately, China's turning into a boom and a bust. Will it be a boom again for Yum Brands? There's more KFCs in China than McDonald's. And they recently had some quality of food controversy. Some people think that was the Chinese government saying, you know, get in line, act like a grown, act like the, the brat that we're beating up. And uh, Chinese people go to American fast food because they think it's better than their fast food. So you have to keep that quality of food image alive and well. You got some inline results from Kellogg's and Emerson. Positive surprises from BP, Cardinal Health, and Adarco Petroleum. Automatic data processing. So clearly, the big story has got to be uh, Dell. Right? Dell going private. Really a reflection of. 
how bad it's become to be a PC. It's the third biggest maker of PCs, personal computers. Silver Lake Management. Uh, 25-year-old publicly traded company. Michael Dell's taking back majority control of his company, returning cash to shareholders. He came back and took over CEO role back in 2007 after the company had some problems getting in with mobile and cloud computing. They never got there. Dell seeking more leeway to cut jobs and adopt strategy shifts to court high-margin customers spending billions on data centers. They need to refurbish what they're doing, and the best way to do it is private so that everyone can't see what you're doing. Okay. Can't really say that that makes me jump up and down as far as stories go. Calls in the area today. It's 800 1220 Well, I've been out of this for a day. <laughs> and look what what happens to me. Um, so don't go in private. Some big geopolitical risks. Stocks are near their highest level since 2007. Geopolitically speaking, there's some North Korea nuclear testing. That's got South Korea on alert. There's Egypt bubbling. Suez Transit somewhat hobbled amidst protests and worker walkouts. Israel's neighbors claim that the convoy strike in Syria may have been a setup to allow Assad to try to rally public morale. There's some big geopolitical risks out there that you cannot ignore, and if you do, I think you're making a huge mistake. A couple other big stories of the day. There are plenty. BlackBerry CEO Thorsten Hines tells AP he's disappointed that the new phones featuring BlackBerry 10 operating system won't be released until mid-March. I wouldn't touch that. I, oh, man. I, I'm not even looking at that stock. Too many people hate it. Too many people love it. Toyota has raised its fiscal year profit forecast to $9.3 billion from prior $8.5 billion, increasing sales in a favorable exchange rate. Edward Life Sciences, big life science, uh, high-tech healthcare revenue kind of company. Revenue was above expectations. We got some new Sapien heart valves. Hartford Financial in the news today, above expectations. They're able to command higher prices for property and casualty insurance. Gilead Sciences, good quarter. Quarter's bottom line was driven by increased sales of their HIV drugs. McGraw-Hill, which is the parent company of Standard & Poor's, who's being sued by the government on a civil lawsuit. Lawsuit's uh, going to be filed yesterday? Late? Yeah, yesterday. Moody's hit on that report. McGraw-Hill and Moody's did fantastic during the real estate implosion, credit implosion. These are companies that are paid... They're reporting companies that are paid by companies to say good things or bad things about their credit. So there's an inherent conflict of, if I pay you a dollar to say that I look handsome today, and you say I look okay and I fire you, maybe you're just being honest. Or maybe you want the easy cash and, good God, Rob, you're a handsome man every single day. J.C. has filed a lawsuit against... Asking a judge to block bondholders from declaring default on nearly three billion in debt. That's just that doesn't even sound like a good situation to be in. 
limited brands. They're increasing its quarterly dividend by 20%. That's nice. Barclays, they've set aside $1.6 billion for customers who were allegedly sold various products on misleading terms. British Petroleum, the Gulf Oil Spill Company, reported an 80% drop in quarterly profit, mostly due to payouts tied towards said Gulf spill. Walt Disney is going to lead a list of companies to report earnings tonight after the bell. This afternoon, we're going to get Aflac, Expedia, Genworth Financial, and Panera Bread. I'll pay attention to the Panera Bread and Disney one particularly. Aflac's interesting to me. To get your calls there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You can find me online at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, i got a Black Wednesday coming up. What's a Black Wednesday? It's a chance to meet me and other KDOW 1220 celebrities and radio hosts out at a live event, free. Uh, it's the first Wednesday of the month. We call it Black Wednesday. It's clearly a feature me, but like I said, there's all sorts of radio hosts that will be there, so it's a good chance for you to get many of your questions answered. Uh, more details can be found at kdow.biz, kdow.biz. It's going to be at the Lafayette Park Hotel and Spa, oddly enough, in Lafayette, California. Wednesday evening from 5 to 7 p.m. Wednesday evening from 5 to 7 p.m. A gain of 0.6%. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back again, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Dell announces a $24 billion buyout, biggest since 2007. Could that start a string of leveraged buyouts of tech companies? It could. I would not want to be a bondholder in tech companies at this point in time, based on what we're seeing happening over in the world of Michael Dell. number of privately held Silicon Valley startups worth more than $1 billion is shocking right now. One thing that I can tell you is somewhere between 25 and 40, companies like Evernote, will they ever make that much profit to pay for that kind of valuation? A year from now, that tech startup could be up to about 100 single billion-dollar valuations. That's pretty off and running. Coming up, I'm going to talk about some real estate that is off and running in the Bay Area that you may want to pay attention to. It may be too late to get into, and that may be a sign that you don't want to get into it. The SP 500 is up 12, the Dow is up 117, the NASDAQ up 18. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, I recently got an email that I want to share with you. It said, I was recently laid off from work. My husband works full-time. We want to save money by doing our own taxes. You can give me a heads up on what information I need so that we can do our own taxes instead of giving our financial advisor $250 for our taxes. $250 really to have somebody do your taxes is not that much these days. Right. So that's that's one thing, and, and realize that one of the advantages of paying somebody else to do your taxes is that if you are audited, it's not you sitting in the room with the IRS. Part of that CPA or enrolled agent's duty is to be there if you're audited to defend what was on the tax return. Okay. They're going to be much better at it than you. So, you know, with that said, with things like TurboTax, it has gotten a lot easier to, ha- to do your own taxes because one of the hardest things is – 
your tax situation becomes more complicated when you invest because you have things like dividends and interest that get reported. Right. And then when you sell something, there's the cost basis issues, and a lot of people didn't know how to report that. Well, laws have changed. We're now going forward, brokerage firms with funds that were – with anything that was purchased past, I think it was 2012, they have to report the cost basis right there on the 1099, which makes it easier for you to get it right into your tax software. And most brokerage firms can actually link to your tax software um, and download all those transactions to fill out your Schedule D and things like that. So it is easier to do it on your own, but again, you've got to say – is 250 bucks, or which is fairly cheap to do your tax return, is is uh, is that worth being able to say I don't have to sit there if I am audited? I think it, another component we have to talk about is just how complex the tax scenario is. Uh, rental properties out of state, um, businesses out of state, K-1 filings. This is just simple income. If her husband works at IBM and has a W-2, and that's all they have, IRS has a free. Um, 1040. Yeah, you can, you can do that online very simply. A lot of stuff that's free out there. Right. Um, you know, just Google free tax preparation. Try to find a site that's legitimate, like the IRS.gov, and not like something.com from New Zealand. Like you're not you're <laughs> you're looking not to like get it free like in a wacky way. You're looking to get it free in a cheap way if you have a simple tax return. Right and. Yeah, if you do start investing out of state, you've got other states' tax returns to file if you're doing real estate or you have several properties, you're probably going to want to do an LLC out of Delaware or Nevada, for example. Um, and also, as, as the world of investing grows, more money is going to be required to be overseas and in, in international funds. Um, younger people, in my opinion, should have 20% or more, at least in international exposure, minimum. Well, one of the areas that I see some investors get in over their head is limited partnerships. Right. Well, like, and, and then on the well, even on the international side, yeah. when you're in funds or stocks, foreign taxes end up being withheld on certain dividend payments and things like that, and you get credits back. Uh, and that, those types of things show up on the 1099. The average person doesn't know where to look for that. So, um, and yeah, if people invest in in things that are called master limited partnerships that are just stocks that trade on the exchange. Um, and what they do is transport oil or natural gas. They pay a nice big fat dividend. However, they issue a K-1, which typically comes after you your taxes are due, and they come in May a lot of times. Which is nuts. Yeah. And if you invest in too many of those and say inside your IRA, it can cause your IRA to be taxable. So those types of things catch investors off guard, especially now that they're hunting for a yield. You mentioned that $250. I'm speaking with CFP Chad Burton from New Focus Financial. You mentioned that um, doing your own taxes for 250 having a, a guy do your taxes for $250 is cheap. What does a CPA typically make for doing taxes? Well, it's typically more than that. I yeah. mean, it's it's tough. Most CPAs now are, I think, are, are really just, they, they want to take the higher net worth than the small business owners because of the competition from things like TurboTax, which makes sense because as a business owner, you don't want to be spending your time bookkeeping, doing your taxes, um, you want to hand that over. It's part of your job as a business owner to be able to outsource the things that you're not good at. That that anything that takes away the time of growing your business, you should be outsourcing to a CPA. Do you feel comfortable using a TurboTax, or do you feel comfortable telling some of our audience to use a TurboTax? Um, I definitely feel so comfortable in telling your audience, some of your audience, to use TurboTax. If it's just a W-2 situation, there's not a lot of investment income, um, things to worry about, especially if they're under 250000 and they're not dealing with the new taxes. Um I have I've had lots and lots of training in taxes. I still have a CPA do my return and my business's return. Yeah, I'm with you on that. 
So that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You could also drop him an email, chad at newfocusfinancial.com. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. But again, CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Some of the top headlines out there today. I guess we should mention this one a little bit more often than I do, is Herbalife. Their stock has really left investors a little on the queasy side as it moves up, as it moves down. Too much drama for me. I'm one of those people who I guess you're starting to figure out, not a big fan of the, the drama. Save the drama for your mama. Ticker symbol on Herbalife is HLF. Stock was once a high-flying $70, $80 stock. Got cut in basically thirds, down to about 50 bucks. But since it's been 50 it's been trending lower. A lot of people think it's a multi-level marketing scam, i.e. they sell nutritional drinks, but they also sell, hey, do you want to become a distributor? You pay us X amount of dollars, you buy said product and sell it to your friends and get them to sign up and get a piece of their action as well. That's the basics of it. Some investors see it that way, some investors don't. Too much drama for me. United States is accusing the S&P Standard & Poor's of fraud and suit on loan bundles. There's no doubt that they said, hey, look at this debt, it's okay. You know, we got some good debt in here, we got some bad debt in here. But there's some really bad debt, too, and some liar loans that the incomes of the people who had bought the mortgage couldn't clearly cover the uh, payments in a worst-case scenario, and a worst-case scenario hit. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back on Rob Black and Your Money. Rob Black has a... Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. The 2013 Super Bowl may be remembered as one that was a little disappointing in viewership, but not so disappointing in wagers. A record $98.9 million was waged on the Super Bowl in Nevada's 183 sports books. million eclipses the previous high of 94.5 million. Keep in mind, the Super Bowl has about 108 million American viewers. So basically, almost everyone must seem to have some play in the game. The Ravens beat the 49ers 34-31. Now again, uh, I don't necessarily need to get too much into the, the grotesque details. Sports betting handle will continue to grow forward. At a regular case, the regular better is much more confident and walk in the window than ever before. 
as sports betting has become more mainstream, people have become more good with it. You know, the access to real-time information on Twitter, you know, it gives people a feeling that they're a little bit savvier. What do I need to talk about with this? The late money wagered favored the 49ers as they moved to four and a half points. Just again showing you that they're trying to get you to lean to the right, and then the game went to the left. So, but again, I don't know. The last time Nevada Sportsbooks failed to make a profit on Super Bowl wagers was 2007, when the Giants upset the previously unbeaten New England Patriots. That year, there was only 92 million wagered, and the books lost about 2.6 million. So Wall Street, I'm not going to say Wall Street. Uh, Vegas did well. A couple things that continue to shock me about people is they don't know when to sell stocks. They know when to buy, and they don't know when to sell. Telling me, first and foremost, you probably shouldn't be buying stocks because you don't know when to sell. You have to have a strategy. Successful stock investing requires you to both buy and sell, not just buy. I have a phrase that I'll rent tech stocks. I don't expect to be owning tech stocks from birth to death. Now, again, this is kind of, you know, is Facebook a tech stock or is it a media stock? See, you see how you can, like, almost justify things? The number one thing that I'm going to be watching for in Facebook in the coming years is usage by people under the age of 25. One of the best investing books ever published is called Common Stocks and Common Profits by Phil Fisher. It's only occasionally that there's any reason for selling at all. The occasional reason is the deterioration of the company's business. But to speak it more eloquently and clearly, typically you buy stocks based on companies' uh, issues like I like the management, I like the revenue, I like the earnings, I like the user numbers, I like the valuation, I like the debt to equity, I like the return on equity, I like the return on investment. So Philip Fisher wrote, the deterioration of a company's underlying business is the occasional reason to sell a stock. Bad management, decreased prospects, insight into the obvious. It's tough to own PC manufacturers right now when you see tablets and smartphones eat their lunch. But then again, in 2013, the first few months, everyone knew that PCs were the lunch of the tablets and the phone makers, but those were the winning stocks, the Dells and the HPs, for different reasons. To know when to sell, you got to know why you bought that's critically important. You know, the market runs hot and cold. So you know that's part of it. The Safeways, the Walmarts. You know, Walmart's a huge, huge play on groceries in the United States. So they don't have the sex appeal that, say, a Whole Foods does, where it's a business that's still growing. Walmart's big. They're bloated. Get in me, Betty. 
it's a big, fat, bloated stock. So, you got to watch sales. For a company like Walmart, their sales are going to be so bloated, it's going to be like $110 billion, uh, up to $112 billion. So, they're a play all about margins. Whereas a play like Whole Foods, they can go from $80 million to $84 million. You're like, wow, that's, that's 6% growth, and that's not too shabby. So they're not necessarily a play all about margins, especially when you're opening new stores, your margins tend to get hit. Impacted. So to know when to sell is the opposite of to know when to buy. You have to see a deterioration. Things that you once liked, you no longer like. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up this Wednesday, tomorrow night. Lafayette Park Hotel and Spa, Mount Diablo Boulevard, Lafayette, California. Going to be talking a little real estate investing, money management. I'm going to go over. I've got a handout with about 15 great companies that I call a shopping list. We're moving into the time of the year where you know politics starts getting discussed. Budgets get set or not. Budgets get fought over. And that time of the year can be very tumultuous because Republicans and Democrats seem to hate each other. I hate your face. You hate my face. I hate your face. It's like really odd and contentious. So have a shopping list. That's something I'm going to be handing out from 5 to 7, Lafayette Park Hotel and Spa in Lafayette, California. You can find out more about this at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. Absolutely free. I'd love to know if you're going to be stopping by. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. So one of the best things you could do in your 20s and 30s, I hung out with a fireman after the event on Saturday. And a young guy, early 30s, got $170,000 in his 401k. So he's doing pretty good. The trick is to put in as much as you can, as often as you can, and you're legally allowed to put up to $17,500 this year into a 401k. Don't be a weenie. Don't be safe. You're in your 20s. You're in your early 30s. You know, uh, defer as much as you can. If you can put into your 401k 6%, 7%, 10%, 15%, do the 15 You know, is it okay to be stock-heavy for your age? Absolutely. And I wouldn't think twice of it. I think that's exactly what you want to be early in your life. Dell going private at 1365 a share. At one point in time, Michael Dell told Apple, hey, if you're not going to grow, return the, your, your cash to shareholders. I'm not saying that one came back to bite them, but... It's interesting to say the least, right? I don't know. It's interesting to me. Speaking of Apple, Goldman Sachs came out and said today, Apple's now the most undervalued stock of, of the ones covered by Goldman analysts. Even after Slash's price target from 760 to 660, Goldman Sachs says, you know, the stock's a buy. Upside to the target price is 44.9%. At Goodyear Tire and Rubber, 38%. So that's an undervalued one in their mind. 
Applied Materials, 31%. Joy Global, 31%. Ford, up 31%. Upside to their target price. So, this in numbers just recently published. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. You can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Rob Black Show. My YouTube channel is Rob Black Show. Baidu today is slipping 5%. Stock was downgraded by at least two brokers following its fourth quarter results. Now, Baidu is one of those Chinese internet sexy companies, right? Back about a year ago, it was a $150 stock. $150 stock. Now it's a $90 stock. Again, showing you that stocks get way ahead of themselves. Just keep in mind, you know, four years ago it was a $20 stock that marched all the way to 150 160 and now it's pulled back to 95 You don't have to ever own anything. John Boehner has urged President Barack Obama to offer ideas to replace the looming automatic budget cuts known as the sequester. Boehner said the House has passed legislation to replace the cuts due to take effect on March 1. About $85 billion in cuts would start on March 1. Lovely. So it's February 5. That means March 1's coming around the corner. Do they settle or do they push us into uh, a recession? Ziga shares jump on an upgrade ahead of results. Woo! Bank of America upgraded the stock to buy. Social game makers fourth quarter results due to come after the closing bell. Asset value and mobile stabilization are the reasons for action. Improving performance over the last two months on other social networking stocks, such as Facebook, Groupon, Angie's List, suggest investors' risk tolerance with developing models has increased. None of those are reasons to make me feel comfortable. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up this Wednesday, Lafayette, California. It's a mixer from 5 to 7, just very, very uh, informal. Good chance to meet me. More information at kdaw.biz. Black Wednesday. Join us for Off the Cuff with Rob Black and Friends. A co-host, casual networking mix. Where you can mingle with top professionals in the world of money and business. Some of Rob's friends include respected pros in the fields of real estate, investing, money managers, entrepreneurs, techies, and more. Black Wednesday at Bistro at the Park inside the Lafayette Park Hotel and Spa. 3287 Mount Diablo Boulevard in Lafayette. We'll see you Wednesday, February 6th at 5 p.m. Black Wednesday, Off the Cuff with Rob Black and Friends. From AM. 1220 KDOW. Donna Salon in downtown Redwood. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Hopefully I get to meet you out tomorrow in Lafayette. I do these little mixers with the radio station AM 1220 KDOW. Call it off the cuff. I don't want it to be super serious. I want it to be informal, uh, talking real estate, investing, money management, 
entrepreneurs. It's always a really good networking event. So bring your financial questions, bring your portfolio. If you bring a copy of your portfolio, leave it with me. I'll get back to you in a couple days with some, some notes, some ideas about how you're doing. Michael Dell's eating his own words, which I like. I don't think all companies should be publicly traded. And when it's time for a big change, I think it's, it's, it's good to be private. In 1997, he was asked what he would do if he ran Apple. He said, I'd shut it down and give the money back to the shareholders. Today, he entered into an agreement with Silver Lake Partners to acquire Dell the company. Dell the man's acquiring Dell the company. Now, again, Apple's had an amazing run since October 1997 to the tune of a 50,000% return. So, covering that angle is funny. Just hear him say that he would sell it because it would have been the wrong thing to do. But that doesn't mean he's doing the wrong thing. It's, in fact, I think he's probably doing more of a right thing than a wrong thing. And why do I say that? I say it because Wall Street sometimes is mean and cruel. Capitalism is mean and cruel. I think he should probably need some time to take the company private so that he can do mean and cruel things, so that it doesn't have to be disclosed to the public what he's doing. When he comes public again in the future, which he will do, it'll be a different company. Will he be a PC company, or will they spin that off? So LinkedIn is one of those companies that I like enormously. Why do I like it enormously? Why would I use a word so emphatically, like, enormously? To me, they're a poor man's Facebook. Facebook's expensive in the mid-30s. It's cheap in the low-20s. LinkedIn's okay. They've delivered as a publicly traded company. It's close to a 52-week high. Has a crazy high PE for this year. But when you start looking at it, it's got a PE of about 90 times next year's earnings. That's okay. Again, this is a story that you have to like be comfortable with and be patient with. LinkedIn's got some pretty unique stuff going. You know, it's some of the strategies that they employ. Recruiters are part of their team. You know, don't use gimmicks to attract talent. They've done a nice job of going after companies' brands. Showing hierarchy and rank. And Like, if you go to LinkedIn's, be my buddy, Rob Black, Cron4. Endorse me. Endorse my talents. Endorse my... Endorse me. So I like what LinkedIn's doing. Is it a company I'd buy today? No, it's it's on my watch list. It's on my you know recipe list or whatever you want to say. If my watch list of everything falls apart on Wall Street, I would be very intrigued. But see, that's the thing. You have to have a, a watch list. It's something I'm going to be handing out at the Black Wednesday tomorrow in Lafayette. Stocks are higher today. The Dow's up 116. The Nasdaq's up 29. 
Crazy, right? Just marching higher. Dell shareholders may reject the deal. They may think that there's a, you know, a better premium out there. I don't know. It's kind of a conflict to be Michael Dell right now. Because on one hand, you're saying, let's go private. On the other hand, you're running a company. So in theory, he'd want, in theory, and again, I'm not calling him a liar or anything like that, but he would want the lowest price. So why not say, you know, let's start charging too much for our computers so people go elsewhere. Year-on-year house gains hit a six-year high. Home prices grew four-tenths of a percent in December. The year-on-year gain up 8.3%. 46 out of 50 states registered gains. Arizona has the strongest year-on-year appreciation at 20%. The prices are still down 40% from their peak. Let's not forget that. So, there's some stories out there about how crazy the real estate market is in San Francisco right now. And it is. But that doesn't mean it doesn't go higher. The particular market of San Francisco, the city, there's three areas. The Mission, the Castro, and Dogpatch. The Mission's constantly changing. Massive amount of young urbanites in the past decade. Still a bit of a haven for Latino culture. The housing market's been off the charts hot for a few years. You know, if you take a look at it, median price of $750,000 for a two-bed, two-bath condo. They did get into Dogpatch just south of AT&T. Future expansion to the baseball neighborhood. A lot of tech companies are, are making homes there. 1,000 square feet condo, $700,000. Pricey to break into. But there's such demand for tech companies that you know, tech companies now are willing to come to your house and pick, your car, pick you up in your, on a bus, a leather seat bus, and take you to work. So you can cut down on your cost of a car, things along those lines. Cost of time looking to park. The Castro, nine hundred ninety-five thousand for a three-bed, two-bath condo. Two million for a three-bed, four-bath single-family home. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black. Good morning. Welcome in, Rob Black, and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, retirement insurance, and much, much more. What do you want to talk about? Anything's good? Dow's up 115. NASDAQ up 30. S&P 500 up 13. Dell to go private in a $24 billion deal. It's a pretty big deal. Slopping parcel computer maker selling itself for $24.4 billion to its founder and a group of investors that include Microsoft. It's largest of its deal since the Great Recession dried up financing for such maneuvers. A lot of people think this is going to open a floodgate to more leveraged buyouts on some tech companies that have just been stagnating. Toyota. It's raising their annual forecast on profits. So ultimately, they see earning more money. 
Toyota's October through December profit jumped 23%. Toyota raised its sales forecast and its profit forecast this morning. Sales forecast up about 17% year-over-year profit up to $9.3 billion from expectations of about $8.5 billion. Those are two pieces of news that so far it's pretty good. Service sector grows, employment speeds up. Good. U.S. service sector expanded in January, although the pace slowed slightly from previous months. Strong job growth offset slowness in new orders. Reading came in at a 57.5 reading, up from December's 55.3. Anything over 50 indicates expansion. Services are growing huge part, biggest part of our economy. Now, the new orders index was at its lowest forward-looking measure since April of 2012. So, three pretty good pieces of news. Disney's going to report earnings tonight after the market closes. Probably four pieces of good news. Disney's a good company. So, why the trepidation? Well, the VIX took off yesterday because we do know that the government's going to have some uh, drama coming up. The conditions for U.S. growth remain difficult heading into the second month of 2013. Upcoming data is going to probably reflect the impact of the recent hike in payroll tax. So we know that's coming. Probably the first glimpse into you know, $97 billion scheduled spending cuts by the federal government. The sequester right around the corner. We get modest employment gains. Nothing great, nothing horrible. And it's going to be a pace well below 2% for two consecutive quarters. That's slow growth. You know, the key question for the current quarter is how will households respond to that $200 billion hit to personal income due to the payroll tax that took place January 1? I can tell you, I have a smaller paycheck. 2% smaller. And I can tell you, it feels like a lot. So the consumer comfort index will decline. Public policy is going to be a big issue for the next 30 to 60 days. A lot of people are asking me what I think about the 10-year Treasury. I think it could rise 2.3 to 2.5%. I think it's found a lot of support right now at 1.89%. So it's it's okay out there. Again, I'm not gloomy, but I think we had a great month of January, so my expectations are a little bit lower. Inflation could come China and slow them down. So I'm trying to show you some negatives. Um, food prices. As they inflate, we have less money in our pockets. Gas prices, as they inflate, we have less money in our pocket. Now, there's some areas where deflation is pretty dominant. We get to buy a lot more computer for our buck, a lot more TV for our buck than we have in the past. Investors poured a record $77 billion in stocks in January. January's inflow was about $23.7 billion higher than the previous record. That's a lot of money. 
That's a huge push. February 2000 saw the biggest push into the stock market as far as new cash in January. Investors at Vanguard bought a record $24.3 billion in mutual fund shares, about $20 billion of which went into stock funds and ETFs. Now, January is always, always a pretty good month. In large part, people, you know, come back from Christmas and they're like, hey, it's time to max out our 401k or time to do our 401k. So what happened in 2000 in January? Is it going to happen now? Ooh. There's a little bit of mania going on, people chasing the stock market. Stock market fared well in 2012, 13.4% plus dividends. Money markets are unappealing. Bond yields are unappealing. Treasury notes are unappealing. So is it mania that money's flowing in stocks? Valuations are a lot lower than they were back in 2000. One month of strong equity flows in after five years of outflows, hardly a sell indicator. But you do pay attention to it, I hope. Baby boomers are sicker than their parents' generation, the study finds. Baby boomers have, boomers have more chronic illness and disability than their parents. As basically, you know, sedate habits, expanding girth, offset modern medicine. 78 million Americans born from 1946 to 1964 engage in less physical activity. They're more overweight. They have higher rates of hypertension and high cholesterol. Good job, boomers. You messed this one up, too. You let the promise of the 60s turn into disco in the 70s. Good job, guys. Baby boomers. You are asleep. You are asleep during the 70s. What are you doing? Oh, I just got an email from someone. You can always drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Someone from the seminar that I recently did, Francisco, wrote me an email saying, you know, we're on a path to great retirement. I can say it's because of listening to you, making better choices. Um, I don't know. I hope you all influence other people that you know and love to get in the stock market, to get into bonds, to get into real estate, to accumulate wealth over time, to be patient, to not be afraid of this stuff. It's always frustrating for me to see when it is. I got a Black Wednesday, which is very, very informal. It's tomorrow from 5 to 7. It's at the Beast at the Park inside the Lafayette Park and Hotel and Spa. Lafayette, California. There should be some experts in real estate, experts in investing, money management. Sign up at Rob Black. Or you don't have to sign up. It's free. But you can learn more at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. It's Black Wednesdays. We're going to give them a run through for the year. Look back at the end of the year and see if we liked them or disliked them. But it's it's first one of the year, so come on out. kdow.biz for more information. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by... Worst losses of the year. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
Donald Trump is suing Bill Maher. Bill Maher basically said that he thinks Donald Trump is an orangutan and he'd give him $5 million if he could prove that he wasn't. Which clearly plays into that whole where was Obama born uh, moments that we've been having. We're watching Spain aggressively right now. I'll talk January and what it meant and why. Stock market was great relieved in January with the whole fiscal cliff issue. But Donald Trump suing Bill Maher tells you, A, that we're in way too happy of a sue each other world. We're so happy. Maher said Trump's hair and an orangutan are basically the same color. This is just incorrigible the way Donald Trump throws around lawsuits. And again, I I don't know. I guess if someone went on TV and said I was a monkey, I'd be pretty upset too. Rob Black is a monkey. Hmm. Doesn't bother me. SP 500 up 13. The Dow's up 114. The NASDAQ up 29. Joining me now, certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Chad, one of the things I want to talk about today is, is making a will. Uh, we get a lot of questions on when do I need a will, when do I need a trust, can I use LegalZoom? Let's open up the can of worms. What's your thoughts on wills? Well, you already have a will. That's true. Wait. The state writes one for you. <laughs> so it says that if you die, it's going to go to your next of kin. Um, it says that if you don't have a will and you go through probate, even if you have a will, it's just a letter to the court on what you know what the probate courts are going to do. And if you go through probate, there is a state-mandated amount in California on how much the attorneys are supposed to charge. Okay. And it's very expensive. So well, wait, wait, before we go there, you say I already have a will. Let's say I don't have a wife. Mm-hmm. And let's say I die and I've got two brothers. Is everything split equally amongst my two brothers? Is it is it equal or not equal? Like I work in a lot of different states, but a lot of states it's either going to go to your parents if they're alive. Okay. And if the parents aren't alive, then it goes to your brother, your siblings. Okay. So okay. this can get messy quickly because yeah. I don't I don't like one of my brothers. Exactly. So. so and there's nothing you can do about it at that point if you haven't done anything. Yeah. So you like, know a lot like the Civil War. It's brother against brother. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. I, I digress. You, I think you want to create that civil war thing when you die. That's that's. You like to look down and watch that. I think I, it, there is some calamity. Or look up. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. There is calamity when people die. On uh, people fight over the money, and people get really greedy, and people get. You know, you can be a, a mean spouse by giving money to one of your kids and not the other, mm-hmm. and you can you know exclude your wife. Like there's some mean things you can do in a will and trust. Don't yeah. Well, look, I mean, doing a will is still going to put you through probate. So the point of avoiding probate, especially in a very expensive probate state like California, is doing a living trust. And when you do a living trust, you end up with a will, a power of attorney, and a health care directive. So if you're not – if you don't have enough money to spend the twenty-five to 4500 bucks that it takes to get a living trust done, then fine. Go to some sort of a, a legal site and get that done. And the most important documents so that you're going to end up with, though, are going to be the power of attorney. So who steps in and handle your fi- handles your finances if you get disabled? Okay. That's more likely than – it's more likely that you're going to spend some time disabled than die early. Okay. And also, a will doesn't have anything to do with what you say on your 401K beneficiaries. 
So if all of your assets are in a 401k and you've named your ex-girlfriend as the beneficiary, that's who is going to get your money despite what your will says because the beneficiary designation on your 401ks and your life insurance supersedes the will. That's interesting to say. Like, for instance, let's just recap that and say it out loud. Let's say I forgot to update my 401k paperwork and it does go to a girlfriend. Would my wife get it before the girlfriend does or it does go to the girlfriend? Your your spouse has the ability to, because you're married, yeah. go in and, and claim rights, if there's a beneficiary designation on there, to half of the assets. Okay. Okay, but not necessarily all of them. Interesting. So a lot of people end up doing an estate plan where they get a living trust, right? And especially when they go to the seminar type, which are kind of jacked up. You don't, you don't want to go to a seminar and end up with a living trust. You want to sit with multiple meetings with the attorney and get a living trust. And... If you get a living trust, but you don't title your house in it, you don't change your beneficiaries on your life insurance and your retirement accounts, you essentially still don't have a financial plan or an estate plan. Okay. There's, there's several steps that you have to take. That's why it's a good idea to get a financial plan first right. and then go through the process of the estate planning so that you can look at your plan. How, how extensive do you need your estate planning documents to be? What are you going to be worth you know, 30 years from now? And it's something you probably want to update every five years? I would say two because of the, um, the amount of changes that we're seeing in the estate tax law. Okay. I mean, there's been drastic changes. Um, right now, there's only estate tax for people that are worth over $5 million. That could drop down to a million in 2013. So there's constant change in estate tax law. So every two years, because typically within a two-year period, you have life-changing events, either another kid or if you're older, maybe um, one child gets married and you want to protect, you, you don't like the spouse, and okay. you want to make sure that they have no way to, to get those assets. So you might leave that child's share in a trust that's protected from lawsuits, that's protected from divorce, those types of things. We're running out of time, but generally speaking, you want to trust if you own a house in California, you want to trust if you're worth how much money? Really, if, if, you, if you own real estate, that's, that's one reason why I want to trust because of the probate costs. And then really, if it's a matter of you have taxable accounts that are over about 100000 it's okay. kind of a no-brainer to, to do one. Okay. But if you don't care about what happens after you die, then don't do anything. <laughs> Classic. It, it doesn't Classic. do a lot for you while you're alive. Yeah. It does a lot for your kids and your family. Classic Chad Burton there. Certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. So, you know the story about Dell going private? This is good news for HP. Listen to the press release that they just put out. And again, this is, just, this is knocking your opponent when they're down. Quote, Dell has a very tough road ahead. The company faces an extended period of uncertainty and transition that will not be good for its customers. And with a significant debt load, Dell's ability to invest in new products and services will be extremely limited. Leveraged buyouts tend to leave existing customers and innovation at the curb. We believe Dell's customers will be eager to explore alternatives, and HP plans take full advantage of that opportunity. Okay, Meg, one day when it's your turn, just know that it's coming around. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Skier Lindsey Vaughn got into an ugly-looking crash this morning, airlifted off the mountain. I don't know. I guess we keep seeing these uh, athletes getting faster and stronger. Just brutally tough. Makes me feel bad for sitting on the couch and eating milk duds waiting for football season to start up again, waiting for baseball. Let's see. Ah, good to know. Bob Barker. He's joining a group of rabbis on the NRA's list of gun foes. 
Good to know. Bob Barker, 89-year-old retired game show host, sleeps with a 38 caliber next to his bed, shoots skeets. Not a big fan of the NRA. It's Rob Black and your money. Learn more about me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I send out newsletters on a regular basis. Kind of irregularly, regularly. You can sign up to get a copy at robblack.com, robblack.com. Just hit visitor sign up, and we are off and running. Okay, so a couple ways to get in touch with me, rob at robblack.com. Facebook group page, I hate Rob Black, or Facebook fan page, cron for Rob Black. Going to be doing a live and local event, Lafayette Park Hotel and Spa at the Beast at the Park, which is inside this is in Lafayette, California. This is tomorrow from 5 to 7. Just, you know, we're going to be talking money, real estate. Bring a copy of your portfolio, leave it with me, and I'll get some notes back to you shortly, typically within a week. Again, good opportunity where you don't have to sit through and, you know, feel like you're in a class. Uh, good opportunity to interact. Let's talk a little January, the January barometer, something which I, I believe in. As January goes, so goes the year. I think money makes a bet, typically based off insight and intuition, but not always. As the SP 500 goes in January, so goes the year. It's a trite statement that will get you into problems. It's got a 75.8% accuracy since 1950. That includes any year that the SP 500 was up or down less than 5%, which the stock traders, Almanac, deems as a flat year error. If only major errors are included, the ratio is 88.7%. So suddenly you're like, whoa, sideways isn't down. I'll take that extra 13% and run with it. A lot of things happened in the month of January. A lot of things. Stock market was great relieved that the fiscal cliff was avoided, 11th hour agreement on tax rates. The Federal Reserve basically said numerous times in the month of January, we're not going to pull off our accommodative policy anytime soon. Real economic growth developed in economies. Stock market has discounted a lot of that already. Earnings growth has been better than expected. Earnings season was strong. I wouldn't say strong. Earnings season was good. Revenue growth is weak. Investors growing more and more confident and less fearful about negative outcomes. So there's some reallocation from bonds to stocks. A little bit more about January. Partisan politics continue. That's going to set up for a very divisive battle over debt ceiling, spending cuts, 
entitlement reform. Middle East is a boiling pot of political, blah, religious, blah, and social divisions. Japan has embraced a policy of reckless currency abandon to reflate its economy, much like the United States. The use of margin debt is near five-year high. And typically, people lose on margin, just FYI. And ultimately, we started to see the pinch of the payroll tax and the rising gas prices and how that affects consumer confidence, and so far it's been weaker. Stock market didn't spend too much time in January dwelling on the negatives that I just went over. Dow was up 5.8%, SP up 5%, NASDAQ up 4%. Mid-cap index up 7.2%, the Russell 2000 small-cap index up 6.2%. Dow Jones transportation average up 9.4%. From a sector perspective, the winner for the first month was energy and healthcare. The loser, telecom and IT, up only 1% and 2% respectively. Apple down 14% in January. That's why the NASDAQ underperformed. February ranks as the second worst performing month for the SP500. So if you believe the January barometer, you also have to believe that February is typically not a good month. February is kind of a weak link. The weakness can be explained in part by the historical strength of January that ultimately leads to a little bit of profit-taking. It's kind of a setup, so to speak. you got to respect the price action that we've seen recently. A lot of volatility is coming in to the market. There's some realistic spoilers that are out there. The weakening of the yen, the adverse impact of rising gas prices, the higher payroll tax. We're going to see political uncertainty in Europe, and we're going to see political debate about fiscal policies in the United States, whether it be the debt ceiling or spending cuts or entitlement reform. You know, the bullish sentiment on the stock market could turn bearish very, very quickly as people feel like, uh-oh, I just bought it at the top. January is a great month, very encouraging. Gives us a lot of wiggle room to go down in February. And yet I'm not guaranteeing that it will. It's not my style. Love this story that has made it through the wires today. A Boston market employee got fired on national television after going on a rant about how much he hates customers to a coworker who was actually an undercover executive. Gotta love that. CBS reality show that puts CEOs and cognito into their own companies, or I guess executives. But the guy said was only identified as Ronnie, which, I don't know. He's the first worker to ever be fired on the show. He literally said, I literally hate customers more than anything in the entire world. I hate them so much. They're terrible. It's all about them all the time, and they demand everything. I can't have someone who just told me that they hate customers more than anything in the world, serving our guests, so says the executive. So the person broke her cover. She lectured him. She advised the branch manager that the worker should be fired, and that was the end for Ronnie. The guy said on his way out, it's not wrong of me to hate people. I think that really tells you a little bit of the mindset 
of people under 25, maybe under 28. You're working in a service industry where your job is basically a service, and you hate the people you're serving. That's weird. Like, you can't have that attitude. And again, not in this economy. I'm surprised you're able to fire someone on TV. I mean, that guy, I'm not saying he's got a humiliation lawsuit or anything like that. So Burger King's coming out and admitting that some burgers made in one of their plants in Ireland was tainted with horse meat. I am so never eating at Burger King. Not like I have in the last 20 years, but it ain't going to happen ever again. Burger King, yes, we made Whoppers contaminated with horse meat. Horsey! Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker could be in one of those burgers because she's got a horsey face. Why the long face, Sarah? <laughs> There's an ongoing controversy about horse DNA being found in beef in Ireland in the UK supermarket Titan Tesco. Burger King says, our suppliers failed us, and in turn, we have failed you. They're deeply troubled by the findings. Burger King said, our independent DNA test results on product taken from restaurants were negative for in equine DNA. However, four samples recently taken from a Silvercrest plant have shown the presence of very small traces levels of equine DNA. Wow. So there's a non-approved supply from Poland. The Polish are getting blamed on this one. Wow. I, there's not much you can say to that story, eh? I don't know. I, I'm not holding it against them. I mean, everyone makes mistakes, right? <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. You don't put a horse in a burger. I know. I'm showing my naivety as an American who's not cultured. I don't like eating dog or cat. Don't like eating horsey. Donkey okay with a little mayonnaise. Archer Daniels Midland contributing to relative strength in food producers today. Kellogg's up 2% after beating on revenue. Yum Brands down. Take a symbol on Yum Brands. Y-U-M. Play on China. Fast food. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Pizza Hut. That stock hit an all-time high of about 75, and since then it's gone down to 63. On the story that China had some problems with their quality of meat. So the Burger King's not the only one having issues. Yum Brands as well. There's not a lot of support for this stock until, well, there's some support here, but next level support's at 50. Where you can actually look at a chart and see a double bottom. Beautiful, beautiful double bottom back at 50. So will that go on my shopping list? No. I don't have enough money to own everything that I would want. So at some point in time I have to go, you know what? I can't own that. So I said to myself, Rob, can you own that? The Boston market employee gets fired for hating customers. I get it. But nothing to ever say out loud. Goldman Sachs says Apple has more upside than any other stock that it owns. 44% upside. Um, Other big stories of note. Record inflow of money into the stock funds in January. That's got people nervous. You know, like, oh... Last time that happened was in January 2000, and 
We saw how that ended. Don't forget you can come meet me tomorrow. Black Wednesday from 5 to 7. Be at the Park Lafayette Park Hotel and Spa. Lafayette, California. Gonna be talking real estate. It's very, very informal. Good chance to meet me off the record. A lot of KDOW celebs are going to be there as well. You can learn more at KDOW.biz. That's KDOW.biz. AM 1220. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I love California. Love the West Coast. There's something about it that draws me. Oh, my. What do we want to talk about today? Some new taxes make divorce even trickier. Divorce is a fact of life. American Taxpayer Relief Act raised taxes on incomes and investments for a lot of high earners. In a divorce negotiation, this changes can affect such matters as whether to include alimony in a settlement, how to divide up stock portfolios, pensions, and much, much more. Not an easy topic to talk about. My home station, KDOW.biz, is running an ad for a divorce mediator right now. I used a divorce mediator. I was married for under a year. It brought a lot of shame. I guess, as she refers to it, it was a dark period of her life with some of the decisions she made. So things are pretty tough out there. I'm pleased to say that a divorce mediator is probably the right way to go more often than not. I'm not giving people advice to go out and get divorced. I'm not. Try to work things out. Remember you once loved this person, so when things don't work out, remember that you once loved this person, or at least you thought you did. And remember that it went bad, but remember you at least once loved this person. Financial advisors typically help split assets during divorce. And nothing, nothing, you know, can be, say, you know, is going to make it things any easier. Nothing could throw a wrench into a gear of retirement plan like a divorce. I see a lot of people ruined. Wealthy taxpayers plan to end their marriages you know, this year versus next year. Good luck on that. Things just got a lot trickier. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Market's been on fire this year. As the month of February, January goes, so goes the year. But February is typically a bad month. NASDAQ's up 29. The Dow's up 103. The SP 500 up 12.
Michael Dell once said in 1997 that Apple should return money to shareholders. Now, he's doing exactly that. While Apple went up 50,000%. I bring that story up not to say, like, nanny, nanny. But to basically put out in the world that, you know, some of these gurus, some of these people who we respect. I respect Michael Dell. He started a computer company in his college dorm room. That's being sold now back to him for $25 billion, or back to the private industry. That's pretty impressive. He sold computers through magazines. He sold computers through the Internet at a time when people were like, nah, people are going to have to go to the store and feel it. That little concept is the same exact concept that Amazon.com has done. Super Bowl power failure. It recharged the 49ers, but it also led to a record surge in mobile traffic for AT&T. Customers used 78 gigabytes of data inside the New York, New Orleans Superdome. People were like, what's happening? The burst of data use was aided by the blackout. It's consistent with the surge in data traffic AT&T is contending with. Data traffic has doubled every year since 2007. Let's stop and say that again out loud. Data traffic has doubled every year since 2007. 78 gigabytes inside the Superdome is about 234,000 social media posts. I know people are posting photos, right? you got to invest. you got to invest in the whole concept of we're consuming more data. I'm not telling you how to invest in it. Is it through Facebook? Is it through Cisco? Is it through, you know... We're consuming more data. Is it through Netflix? A lot of these companies are priced for perfection, so be very, very cautious. Have a shopping list. That's something I'm going to be handing out at the Black Wednesday tomorrow in Lafayette. A list of stocks that I'm, I'm currently holding on to, plus there's another 20 or 30, that if Wall Street really gets hit hard, I'm going to be thinking about it. You know, I always have a list. If a stock pulls back 10%, I like it. If a stock pulls back 40%, I really like it. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Year-on-year house price gain hits six-year high, up 8.3%. Some people think we're already starting to get into a bubble. Nationally, prices are down 26.9% since the April 2006 peak. So we're still not where we were, nor will we be for a while. I don't think some markets will ever come back. The baby Clydesdale in the Budweiser ad has his name. He's been named Hope. He generated over 60,000 tweets. Nah. 60-second spot chronicled the bond of a Clydesdale... And his trainer was the winner of USA Today's ad meter for the Super Bowl. XLVII. XLVII. I know if I do that again, it's going to get really annoying, right? Department of Justice is suing Standard & Poor's, saying there's three big red flags. Timing of it is weird with Congress meeting to talk about budgets. Hey, you can follow me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Don't forget, i got a Black Wednesday coming up tomorrow in Lafayette. More information, kdow.biz. That's kdow.biz. We'll take a break here. We'll be back in 22 to 23 hours. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.